Welcome to Real Life, the podcast from NVAR. On this week's episode, we are joined by Marla Zemetsky, the Wellness, Health Promotion, and Prevention Manager for the Fairfax and Falls Church Community Services Board. Marla, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're really excited to have Marla because uh, this podcast is coinciding with our NVR Wellness Series uh, that we've been putting on June 2nd through the 4th, uh, including yoga, mental health, and some happy hour social activities. Uh, so Marla's here to talk about some awesome mental health resources, uh, some of the hurdles of uh, finding access and getting access to those resources, questions people can ask themselves uh, to, to try to help themselves and, and get the information uh, that's out there, especially in the, the, the times we're living in with the COVID-19 crisis and, and other things going on with society. It's definitely uh, an important time for people to have access to uh, people to talk to to help uh, get through some issues that they have. So we're really excited to have Marla here today, uh, and we're going to jump right into it, Marla. So uh, would you mind, can you talk about some some shared feelings or concerns people might have uh, surrounding the current climate, uh, and specifically with COVID-19? Sure. So, you know, I think for, for many, if not most people, this has been a really stressful time um, with, you know, first the impact of COVID-19 and our response, where we were, um, you know, initially kind of talking about social isolation, but we'll, what we really meant by that was the importance of physical distancing to stay safe, um, because we know that as, you know, humans, as people, we are meant to be socially connected to others. And so I think the impact first was the COVID-19, which brought a lot of, um, you know, fear, anxiety uh, within government and media, and our own organizations providing us with information, and it was information throughout the day, um, which was also very fearful because we didn't know, particularly as uh, COVID unfolded, uh, kind of that response. And so there was, we were always having to adapt to changes. And then, um, you know, recently, and uh, we've been talking publicly as a as a society, as a community, about there was this virus of COVID that we were all trying to navigate, and now we're also navigating. You know the virus of racism that has you know, permeated around us, and so on the one hand, we had begun that discussion of how to how to manage our mental health during times of fear and uncertainty, and I think it's even more compounded now, uh, given the realities that we're seeing with um, with our with our social situation. And given all of that, you know how how might someone recognize that they're experiencing a type of anxiety or depression? or other mental health issues that are um, maybe even amplified, you know, might exist uh, with them just with what's going on in their life, but could be amplified by uh, the stuff that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when we talk about anxiety, you know, it's this unpleasant state, but anxiety is actually can be quite useful, right? It's the things that we do to help us avoid dangerous situations. It's what can sometimes motivate us to solve problems. But when we talk about anxiety moving into more of a, this disordered state, what we're really looking at and what differs from that normal you know, test anxiety, new job anxiety, is that it, it becomes more severe, more persistent. It interferes with our ability to, to go to work, to do schooling, to function in our families, in our relationships. Um, and then likewise, depression. Um, you know, it's very normal to feel angry and sad over what we're seeing and experiencing. So with those anxiety and depression are these comorbid um, 
disorders that we that we often talk about in the mental health field because they are partners often together. And so I just mentioned that when we talk about anxiety, it's that unpleasant state that has a very normative role. Um, and, and then at the same time, when it interferes, that's when it is a problem for us. And it's the same thing with depression. As I mentioned uh, during this time that we're in right now, it's normal to feel sad and conflicted and angry. Um, but when depression moves into that um, stage of losing interest, inability to get up out of bed, inability to function, um, that's when we become, it becomes very worrisome. And so um, one of the things that we see when we talk about normal reactions to fear and uncertainty, again, is that you know, increased worry. And we certainly see that around COVID because everything was changing. And sometimes we were told to do one thing to keep ourselves safe, and then that would change. Um, and so um, we also see a normal reaction is, in a, is ir irritability and fear, um, fatigue and exhaustion. Often we don't think about that as a reaction to uh, fear and uncertainty or to depression and anxiety. Um, so if you have a loved one or yourself or feeling more irritable, you might start to think that there's something wrong with you instead of recognizing as we should that this is actually a normal reaction that we're going through. That um, the forgetfulness, maybe making frequent errors, changes in our sleep, um, sleeping too much, sleeping too little, uh, changing in our eating patterns too, which was a challenge during COVID-19 when we were you know, having to stay home. And so our normal way of eating and our routines was impacted by that. Um, I think in fact, people were working longer hours. Um, and so confusion, um, diarrhea, physical complaints like headache and diarrhea, these are all normal reactions to fear and uncertainty. So that's a really good point you bring up because I think a lot of times when people think about mental health issues or struggle with finding help, finding resources, a lot of times it's hard to self-identify if you're struggling with those things because they might just think of it as all in their head or as mm -hmm. something that they would recognize in their head, not that some, not being things that actually manifest physically. Um, so I think that's really important uh, to emphasize is that, you know, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it, it does manifest itself physically in those ways with those symptoms you've kind of talked about. And, and it's important to not just think of that as, oh, you're just, you're stressing out too much or, or, um, you know, your, your issues aren't trivial. It's important to, it's important to, you know, recognize what you're feeling. Um, so, so if, if people are going through that, uh, especially with your organization, what are, um, what are ways people can ask for help and, and ways they can, they can start to do something? Sure. So first, uh, there, you know, I always really do want to emphasize that, um, you can ask for help, that help is available um, and help's available in many different forms. Um, we, you know, we just uh, spoke a little bit about fear and anxiety. And I think in some ways we were probably talking about adults, but actually it's also with children as well. And so, you know, you can see, you know, if we're, for, for individuals that have teens, for example, they might already be in that phase where they show, um, you know, they're individuating, they're separating from our family, from parents, because that's their normal kind of development process. And so they might be irritable around things, but then also they're struggling too, or managing and dealing with the COVID response. And so you might see with like teens, for example, an increase in irritability and being able to recognize, you know, is this because this is just this normal, they're being irritable. So there's a number of different resources based on kind of what you're looking for. First, I would say, 
that there is a free screening that we have. Um, and I can provide that resource for you, but it's uh, on our website. It's on all of our county websites and it's a free screening for mental health. It's completely anonymous. And so there are different parts to that screening. If you are worried about a loved one who you think might be um, increasing their substance use, you can do a screening on that to, to check that out. If you're worried about, you know, is this anxiety or depression, um, maybe some type of disordered eating, sleep, um, and or just in general, I'm not sure what's going on. And so you can take this free screening that's anonymous with, um, it will ask you some questions. Again, as I mentioned, it is anonymous and it can give you a list of resources at the end and it can, it can give you information of, um, you know, maybe yes, you do want to uh, see what is check with somebody. So, or check with a professional, I should say. Um, so we, that's, that's the first, that's just a free screening. And, you know, screening is like the first line of defense of everything. I mean, even when we think about COVID, we're talking about screening, right? I mean, getting a screening, getting treatment. It's the same thing when it comes to mental health. And it's the same thing when we talk about physical health, when you go to the doctor and the doctor does a screening on you. So we do the same thing. We have that free service available. Um, our Fairfax County Community Services Board, uh, there's a, we have emergency services. And that's for if you think that you're having a mental health crisis or if a loved one is in a mental health crisis, you can call our emergency services, which is available 24-7. Um, the county also has, and this is regionally, we also have what's called uh, CR2, um, Children's Crisis Response. And it's the same thing. It's a 24-7 if you have a, a young, young a child, teen, or young adult who's in crisis or you think is in crisis, you can also call that number and I can provide that um, to you as well. Um, and then our community services board has just the main number, which is, um, I'll tell you, it's 703-383-8500. And that's our call center. And so you can call there uh, for information. But we have other resources too. We have uh, in the county a, a new parent, and this is in response to the COVID-19. There's a parent resource line. So if you're a parent and you want information, and it can be, you know, it can be something as simple as, um, shouldn't my son know how to do this already? Or, you know, what's the best way to discipline my child? Or I'm frustrated. I've been isolated. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm doing both home schooling and work, and I need some support. You can call the parent support line that the county has. Um, we have a spiritual support line that's new in the county, also again in response to COVID-19. And so that's a number where you can call and uh, it's non-denominational. You can talk with a spiritual support team leader um, and that's uh, 10 to 6 p.m. I think, um, that's one. Um, an additional uh, support that we have is an app. Um, everyone likes technology and we're used to using it more and more these days. And so we have an app that's called My Strength that's free for anybody in the county, um, which is an incredible resource. Uh, you download this app called uh, My Strength, which you can download for free and it can help you to track your sleeping, your eating habits. Um, at first, when you use the app, it'll ask you for some questions of what you wanna focus on and what you're experiencing. So if you are experiencing an increase in worry and uncertainty, if you are feeling down, um, if you are wanting to, let's say you wanted to, um, you're smoking and you would like to stop smoking or you would like to eat better, you want to track your sleep, um, 
it has, you are somebody who has a prior experience with a traumatic event. And so the impact of COVID-19, the impact of uh, the, the systemic racism that, that we're seeing has impacted you. You can use this app for, for tracking those kind of mood symptoms um, that you might be experiencing. Yeah, those are a lot of great resources. Uh, we appreciate you sharing those. The I think, so we've kind of gone through some of the steps, right? One of, one of them was uh, just starting to ask the question to yourself, kind of doing your own mental health checkup on yourself, seeing if you're okay, kind of acknowledging if you're struggling with something. Uh, and then we talked to you, what you, like you just mentioned, all those resources about where people can go to ask for help. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what are some things people can do themselves, whether they're like little exercises or just things they can do to manage uh, their mental health during this time. Um, I know you just mentioned a bunch of great resources and you have an awesome infographic that you shared uh, with NVAR that we will also put out with uh, this podcast as well that has a great kind of uh, bullet point list of steps. But what are some what are some ways and, and things people can do to manage their health um, while they're home? And that's a great question because we did. We talked about how to recognize that something is you're you're experiencing something that you might want to reach for help, and then in the end, who to call. But there's this whole middle part that we can actually do and take action. So uh, first, you know, the recognition recognition that your concerns are real, uh, and that your um, reactions are normal reactions to a very difficult situation, recognizing that first. And that really is giving yourself permission to be human. Um, and then uh, next, I would say, be realistic with our expectations of ourselves. Um, we, you know, if you're a parent and you're, um, the schools have been closed. And so um, we've had parents, uh, you know, in, in different presentations we've recently done, we've had parents talk about how it's really hard to be working from home and then also trying to assist your uh, child, teenager with schooling. And so, you know, the schools give you lots of wonderful information, lots of things to do with, with youth at home to ensure that they continue their learning, but you're starting to juggle. And so I've had parents say, you know, I just can't do it all. And so what we like to say is then set a realistic daily goal for yourself, set a realistic goal. If, you're, uh, if your child is fed and sleeping well, and well-loved by you, it's okay that you didn't get those packets for the school done for those three days because you're also at home working and juggling. And so being kind to yourself, not, um, it's not realistic for a parent with a child at home to maintain their usual, usual level of productivity. And I think recognizing that in ourselves, that we cannot always manage this usual level of our productivity in this time right now, and that's okay. We're gonna focus on what's reasonably um, we, what we can reasonably accomplish. Um, maintaining healthy habits. Uh, I've had, we've had a community members recently talking about how uh, their commute, um, how we used to, they used to either take their child to school in the morning by walking, or they would uh, commute to school you know, on, on car and it would take them 30 minutes, 45 minutes, even an hour commute. But now working from home, as soon as they get up, they might have breakfast and they're already on the computer and they're working. And so um, how do you maintain a routine then? And so a community member said to us recently that what they have done is they have made that commute time part of their plan still. So they got up in the morning 
and with their family or on their own, because uh, you can, it's okay to do it on your own and have your own space, uh, but they went for a walk. So that half hour in the morning where they would typically be either walking their loved one to school or commuting, that was their commute time and they went for a walk. And so they got in some physical activity, they got in fresh air. Um, so specifically adding self-care to your routine, um, things that you might want to do, like learning about deep breathing exercises, or you had mentioned that recently as part of your wellness series, you did yoga, you had yoga. So increasing that in as a way to connect with your loved one, that yoga pose, that down dog pose that everybody learned the other day. Well, when it's chaotic in the home, because everybody's at home, you know, can you just say, okay, everybody, we need a break. Let's go do that yoga pose we learned. Um, so finding ways to incorporate healthy, healthy habits um, and healthy coping skills into your, into your life. Um, I know that there's been a lot of discussion about connection, connecting virtually, um, you know, connecting virtually with family members and loved ones, um, having game night. Um, we had a, I had a family um, yesterday say that they've been doing a virtual movie night. So they have another family, another uh, part of their family, uh, I think it was some cousins they said, were watching the same movie. And so what they did is they both watched the same movie in different households. So they were practicing physical, physical distance, but they were socially connected because they were texting each other uh, throughout the movie and had popcorn and, and all that. So they found ways to have um, self-care. So that stress management techniques, um, practicing it with your family and within the family and friends is, it can be a, one way of, of managing. Yeah, as a personal anecdote, I can I can uh, give a little to that because we did a thing with our family not too long ago where we, uh, Netflix and, and Google have the thing where you can all watch Netflix together through Chrome. And so we had a whole bunch of people. Uh, the, I think you all have to have Netflix, of course, but we all kind of got in together on a in, a in a browser there. And some of us were you know texting and, and some of you people did like the FaceTime stuff, but they let you chat with each other all in the thing together. So that was that was really cool. So. It's great that that uh, people are finding these these neat little ways to to get that social um, experience while still you know safely social distancing. Um, and you're, I think you're absolutely right. It's um, you know it's we, like we talked about before. There's the acknowledging that something is wrong or you just don't feel quite right. Um, and then there's those resources for help. But I think it's so important to find ways for people to manage those things, especially because we're all home and everyone's situation is different right now having those resources that you mentioned so that people can kind of self-cope uh, in between um, opportunities for them to, to seek out help is really important. So um, now that we're kind of getting closer to the, the reopening phases of everything and, and people are going to start um, kind of getting, making efforts to get back to something close to normal, um, what, what can you or what advice might you have uh, for people who are you know, kind of hesitant with um, – with you know social uh, interaction again in person and um, how can they decide what they're comfortable with um, especially if they feel like they've been having um, some issues you know whether it's been with anxiety or depression and or really anything that's just kind of affected their mental state uh, recently wow that's such a great question um, you know I don't know that I know the perfect answer for that I do know that this time we have done, we have shifted how we connect with people. Um, we certainly have been talking about it in the public realm, you know, connecting with people and an example that you just gave. 
Um, and we have talked about being realistic about what we can and cannot do. And I think that carrying that into the reopening and is also very important because there's still things that we are still responding to. Um, you know, we, we, I mean, I keep going back to schools because I hear this a lot from families, but schools are still closed in Virginia. And so we still need to be realistic with ourselves as we reopen about what we can and cannot do. Um, I think um, practicing kindness as we, um, is another, it's, a, it's, it's important. It, it might sound flip and I don't mean it to sound flip, but it is a way that we manage our stress um, is practicing kindness um, with ourselves and with others. And so as we begin, we might, you know, you might test something out when you go back into the work um, place and might find that you're not comfortable with it um, and that you're still anxious. And as we've talked publicly in the public realm more about mental health and mental wellness, I hope that we can continue to talk about that as we go back into the workforce in our work systems. And so being able to say to you know, the supervisor or your manager or a colleague that you know, being around more people is causing anxiety and what does that anxiety look like could be a norm and making that a normative discussion, um, talking about our mental health is really important. And so I think that is something that as we move back into a new normal, which is not gonna be the same, um, I hope that we would carry that with us. Right, and, and to try to make a glass half full scenario out of, out of some of it, I think one of the, the positives that we can look forward to, especially because there has been a bit of a, a re-emphasis on mental wellness and making sure uh, people are, are checking on themselves and that kind of thing. I think we'll see, uh, and this is just you know personal speculation, but I, I think you'll see more of an understanding, more of an acceptance of people, um, you know, just kind of getting it from that standpoint. When when someone's, uh, especially when if they haven't before, just expressing that they're going through something or, or they're 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 dealing with something, and I think. It's, I think it's empowering that people um, are talking about it more so that more people can get help where they need it. Yeah, and, and recognizing it in ourselves and other people. Um, not too long ago, I mean, a, a personal anecdote I have is not too long ago, I was in the line at the grocery store. And, you know, at the time, and this was about three weeks ago, when, when most of the grocery stores had also had the lines for where you can stand. And it was very long. And so if you are already harried and feeling overwhelmed, and then you get to this grocery store where you used to be able to run in and run out, and now you see this long line, um, I could see the anxiety, uh, you know, the, the anxiety expressions um, that I thought that people were having. And I recall a woman came up and passed people uh, who had been waiting in line, and you could see the irritation of the people in line. Um, but I also saw people online who recognized that the person who was very upset about this long line and who was jumping ahead, I saw compassion in the people on the line because they, they clearly recognized this person was in distress. Um, and so I think being able to pay attention to that in other people is really important that, you know, consider the other person's age, their gender, their cultural background, we don't know what somebody else is experiencing when we encounter them. And so being mindful of that um, is a way that we can support each other as we also move back into this, to this new, new normal. I actually love that, um, 
that little example you gave about about the line in the grocery store that's great and i think it's unfortunate in a way but i think it's like it's it's heartening to see that because four months ago if some if you saw someone cutting someone in line in the grocery store every you wouldn't even think twice about that aspect of it right or a lot of people wouldn't but now i think with all the stuff that's going on and the heightened awareness behind all of this um i think that's that's really that's a really positive thing you know of course there's always still going to be the, the people who who are angry about it but just that little anecdote is so powerful i think um and it says a lot about collectively uh what we're all going through and how we can you know it's just one more little sign of how people can kind of be there for each other um while accepting you know the idea that um you know it, some sometimes people are going through things and they need help with that yeah yeah, and you know, and people are and reaching out and helping other people. I mean, one of the things that's come, you know, altruism is a is a great um, medication for us. Um, helping other people helps us help ourselves. And when we work with youth, we often talk about as an adult. Um, when a youth is struggling, it's up to us as adults to notice. And I think one thing that we've seen with the COVID nineteen response is that when someone is struggling, it's up to others to it's up to us to notice so it doesn't matter who it's it really is up to us to notice and so being aware now of well what does it look like when people are struggling recognizing in, our, in ourselves um, i think could be a game changer and in our in fairfax county we have what's called mental health first aid and we teach um, so mental health first aid and so you can come to a class which we hope is going to be virtual very soon um, and you can learn the signs and symptoms of what we spoke about earlier today, depression, anxiety, but you can learn more importantly, how do you help someone and how do you recognize it? How do you help them? How do you help that person help themselves? How do you get them the right support? And so, you know, there's a class that you can take, I mean, just as you would if you went to um, the American Red Cross first aid, where you learn CPR, um, we have that also for, for our mental health. And that's great. We'll definitely be sure to share the information we can on that and the other resources you talked about. Uh, yeah, so just to wrap up, do you have um, any other resources you want to share from the county? Uh, we'll definitely um, add links and phone numbers. We'll attach it onto uh, our social posts that include this podcast, and you guys will also be able to find that on our website at nvr.com. Uh, and we'll definitely share that infographic that we mentioned earlier. Um, Marla's team has this great infographic just about steps to take, resources, uh, which is very informative, which which uh, structured a lot of the conversation for today. So uh, we really appreciate it. Um, yeah. So do you have any any other resources or, or tools you can share? Uh, I've shared a lot of tools and or a lot of resources with you. Um, there is also uh, resources. Um, we what we call in the county, we're calling it assistance from the distance. So whether it's for mental health, whether it's for food, whether it's for transportation, we have all of that. Um, available and and I'll you know make sure that you have those information already. Um, we have other virtual classes around mental health and wellness. Um, we have a opioid overdose, overdose um, naloxone education. It's to help um, understand the signs and symptoms of an opioid um, uh, addiction and an overdose. Um, we have tools, other tools for health and happiness. Um, I think one thing I would just you know end with is that there's a lot of things that we have learned uh, through this process. 
Um, so, you know, and reframing things in the positive. I mean, we initially began to hear from the community that people were stuck at home. And so reframing it that, you know, we were not stuck at home, we were safe at home. Um, stocking up on compassion um, is, is another thing that we've, we've talked about a lot in our community recently. But thinking about the things that we have done, you know, we've learned to leverage technology, we've reconnected with friends and family, we've continued to work and exercise even from home. Um, so our routines have changed, but we have been successful in creating new changes in new routines. Um, we have reevaluated priorities and commitments and expanded our contributions to, to our community. Um, so many people have volunteered to do different things in our community. And so those are all these positive things that have come uh, from, you know, from such sadness and hardship to, to kind of keep that focus to it, that it is our response to it. It's important. Absolutely. And I think assistance from a distance puts a perfect bow on, uh, on everything we talked about today. So that's perfect. We're definitely going to run with that. Uh, but Marla, thank you again so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, again, if you uh, want more information on the resources Marla talked about, uh, we will have that on our social media channels as well as on nvr.com. And you can find more uh, from the work that uh, Marla and her team are doing uh, at the Fairfax Falls Church Community Services Board. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you uh, again for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good one, everyone.